Welcome on into the Smash Mouth Football Podcast. We are back. It is playoff time. I am here with my guest host, Gavin Everingham. What's up, Gav? Guest host. Oh, I said guest host? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. I'm sorry. I actually... God, I guess my... Uh... Wow. What do you, what do you is... take before, Connor? This is yeah. this is awkward. Oh, <laughs> this is kind of awkward. I'm sorry. I I oh. genuinely didn't mean to say that. I guess oh. my subconscious has this. I don't know. I guess I put myself above everybody else. Oh. I didn't even know it. Ew, dude. All right. Well, whatever. I guess we'll just keep going and I'll act like my feelings aren't hurt. But yeah, that's 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 the right way to do it. Anyway. We got a lot to talk about today. We got a few topics. We got the playoffs, the six games, the Nickelodeon game. Who's going to get fucking slimed? I don't know if it's actually going to be slimed, but that would be pretty cool. <laughs> there probably will be like effects wise on the Nickelodeon end, but I doubt there's real slime. I I hope somebody gets slimed. That would be funny. I, I, you know, that would be I hope the losing team has to get slimed. I hope the Saints like lose and then like Taysom Hill and Sean Payton have to like go through slime because they lost. Hope it's like con- contractually obligated for the losing team to get slimed. Why why Taysom Hill though? He's not he's not starting, is he? No, just just because. <laughs> just because. Just because. I mean it's not even like it's not even like a you know, like, I don't even like dislike Taysom Hill. I just, I just dislike the way the Saints use him. I dislike the the talk about Taysom Hill. It's kind of like Josh Allen, like last year, except like at least Josh Allen was a fucking starter. The, the talk about Taysom Hill and he wasn't even a goddamn starter is just ridiculous. Yeah. No. I'm. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think we have shat on Taysom Hill our our fair share. So. Yeah, definitely. So we'll move on here. So we got the playoff teams, and damn, we should. I should. I should have had us. You know, it's not even. A, it's not even the four of us. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But if I'm remembering correctly, like we did pretty fucking well in predicting our playoff teams. Oh really? Like the, a, like the AFC, I got six out of seven. The only one that I missed was I put the Texans in, and I, I also didn't put the Texans in, and I had the Titans missing. That was the only one I missed. Yeah, I don't even remember to to be completely honest with you. <laughs> but in the NFC, I had the Cowboys winning the NFC East. That was wrong. It was almost right. Almost could have been right, but they could have uh, been right. Uh the NFC North, I did have the Packers. The NFC West, I had, I believe I had the 49ers. I had either the 49ers or the Seahawks, I can't remember, but I did have the Seahawks winning uh and making it to the playoffs. Uh 49ers obviously didn't make it. I had the Saints winning the division, Tampa Bay making a wild card, so I got that right. I'm trying to think. For wild cards, I had I did not have the I did not have the Bears or the Rams making the playoffs. I did not either. I so I missed three in the NFC, I guess. So I'll t- I'll take four out of seven. I'll t- yeah. I'll take four out of seven. Six out of seven in the AFC. But uh anyway. One of those teams making it, the Washington football team, the reason they made it, I'm sure everybody knows by now, this has been a topic that's been worn out everywhere, but the Giants beat the Cowboys, and the Giants only needed the Philadelphia Eagles 
to beat the Washington football team on Sunday night football and the Giants make it. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles down 17 to 14 in the third quarter decide to sit Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld and effectively tanking the rest of the game to go from the ninth overall pick to the sixth overall pick. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. Like, what? How do you feel about Doug Peterson sitting Jalen Hurts and effectively tanking? Okay, I have mixed feelings about it. So, it was a one of, if not the most obvious, like showings of tanking a game that, you, that I've seen. Where even though, okay, Jalen Hurts was sucking. Um, he was completing like 30% of his passes and just, he was not doing well. He was seven of 20. Yeah. So, so they put in Nate Sudfeld, which I mean, I think going into that game, they, they were like wanting to play Nate Sudfeld at some point. That was the, at least the, the talk afterwards. And, but just when they did it was strange. No one really saw it coming. Um, yada, yada, but. Here's my thing. One, spare me the salty bullshit tears from the Giants players talking about, you know, on Twitter, like, what the what fuck? What do you would... mean? Okay. How about win more than six games instead of We had a with... chance. We had a <laughs> chance to make it. <laughs> like, you, nobody on the Giants gives a single fuck. Like, spare me your moral high ground. Like, how could you do this? Blah, like, tanking is awful. Like, if you weren't. Like, if you weren't affected positively from them winning, you wouldn't give a single fuck that they played Nate Sudfeld. So, and the thing is, is I don't, obviously it's a little different because the outcome was weighted so much more heavily, but literally the Steelers benching Ben Roethlisberger or the Chiefs benching Patrick Mahomes or any team in week 17, you know, resting their players because the outcome doesn't matter to them happens almost every single year now obviously the eagles aren't a playoff team so they're not resting their players to save them for the playoffs but it's like they're resting a player during a game that literally does not fucking matter to them at all right actually helps them i mean they literally helps them they move from the ninth pick to the sixth pick which i mean you're talking about this year Somebody made this argument on Twitter. I forgot who. I'd love to give them credit right now, but it was a great point. They moved from the Jaguars of last year, who drafted Henderson, corner out of Florida. I think Florida. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and you go to the sixth pick, which was, guess who? Justin Herbert in the Chargers. Yeah. You're talking um, about a three-pick different where you're going from a corner who, granted, Henderson, I really liked Henderson coming out. And Justin Herbert, who is probably going to be the rookie of the year, he broke the record for touchdown passes in a year for a rookie. Yep. So, like, well, well, I don't know if I would have done it if I was, you know, in the front office of the Eagles. I got it, whatever. Um, I think we've we've talked about it. Like, I'm pretty, I'm pro tank. I mean, obviously, now if every team, like, if that's happening every single year, it might be like, well, I don't want to have this many unwatchable games but like I just if it's week 17 nobody gives a fuck 
except for Giants players. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I find myself like it being difficult for me to, to, to give a shit really. Like, honestly, I, I, I don't know what else to say, really. I mean, it was obvious that you were taking and then the whole, I think it's obviously bullshit when Doug Peterson is like, I was coaching to win blah, blah, blah. And then like Jason Kelsey comes out um, and he, and he, and he, he's talking about like, we, Nate, Nate's a guy that, you know, we think we can win with, and obviously it didn't work out, but that's not on him. And yeah, give bull, give bullshit. You think you can, you thought you could win that game with Nate Sudfeld. Like, yeah. And that's the same guy who said that like a few years ago, he was like, we're going to come out here and we're going to try and win every game. We don't care. Uh, this is our this is our livelihood, all that bullshit. And then guess what? You guys just tanked. You did exactly what you said you wouldn't. Yeah. And so the whole like, uh, while I say like spare me your bullshit Giants players or fans or whatever, like also spare me that bullshit. Like don't try to – I mean I guess you can't go out and admit that you were trying to tank because whatever. But I don't buy this that for a single second that you played Nate, Nate Sudfeld because you thought he gave you a better chance to win that game than Jalen Hurts did. Like that's horseshit. Yeah, but, it was 17-14. I know like Jalen Hurts was seven of twenty, but he was adding value in the rushing game in the rushing game. Like and you played Carson Wentz through more, much worse than what Jalen Hurts was doing. So yeah. I mean it, Jalen Hurts, like he's you know, at least you have that fucking baseline of his rushing, and that's what was keeping them in the game. Uh, and with that point, like Nate Sudfeld was like threw a pass into the fucking dirt after running around for eight seconds. And and Al Michaels is even like, all right, what was that <laughs> like on live yeah. on air? Like, I mean, know. with with all this said, though, what's the difference between this and what the Jaguars did? Right. Like, well, like the thing is, the Jaguars like, OK, so here's here's the obvious difference. The Jaguars before the season they traded away their their best pass rushers in Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, AJ Boye got traded, uh, Leonard Fournette for whatever the fuck he's worth, he was gone, he was released. So at a organizational front office standpoint, they were tanking. No way, Doug Pe- Doug Peterson, Doug Marone went into the season saying, I'm going to lose every game. And they didn't. They won week one. People were shocked. We were shocked. We thought they were going to go 0-16. And then then everything just fell down very quick. The Minshew mania was done. Mike Glennon was starting games. And you know what? If people, if people aren't talking about enough, I know the Chiefs sat their players and the Bills... Uh, the I mean, the Bills didn't really do anything. They they beat the Dolphins. Uh, but Steelers, the Steelers uh, sat their players. But what about the Jaguars, who effectively, guess who got into the playoffs this past week? The Bears, and the Bears just played the Jaguars two weeks ago. And at this point in the season, when the Jaguars were fighting for the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, the highest possible prospect that you could have, like he's being talked about, like the next Peyton Manning. When you have him as a reward for losing, and you're talking about week 15, week 16, I think they played. The Bears got into the playoffs because they played a... I mean, obviously they could have won, uh, regardless of if the Jacksonville Jaguars tried. But they played the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cardinals in week 17. They play... 
the fucking Los Angeles Rams who have everything to play for. So really, what's the difference between the Bears playing a tanking, clearly going for the number one overall pick, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Eagles deciding just to go from pick nine to pick six? Like the yeah. only thing, yeah. the only thing to me is the one question I have, and I'm a Giants fan. Granted, everybody who's listened to us has heard me say I want the Giants to tank. Blah 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 blah. I'm all for the tank. I wish the Giants tanked from day one. And I've even I even said I don't really want to make in the playoffs at this point. So I was fine with the outcome. So call me biased, whatever. The one question I had was how does this impact the locker room? Because from an organization standpoint, if the organization is trading away everybody, I think no matter what, all the players are still going to try. They're going to try for their paycheck and everything like that. They're still going to play. They still have this. They still have somewhat faith that hey, our talent can get it done. This is my guy right here. All the guys in the locker room, we're still going to play for each other. When your coach, the guy who deals with you on an everyday basis, gives up on you, what does that do? I have no idea. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I don't know because obviously, like they trade away all their like, you know, key players. Um, and then, and then you're left on the roster. It's like, all right, what the fuck am I? You know, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what that does. Um, but like, I, I, I am, I am torn again because like I, I'm, I am pro tank, but. It's like, I don't know. I just don't want this to become like a normal thing where like, if it's not week 17, right. And there's literally, it doesn't bother me now because it like, again, the Eagles had no reason not to do this, but I just don't want it to be like week eight. And then like half the league is playing their third string. And obviously I don't think it would get that far because everyone's playing there for their next contract and yada yada. So not, not not only that, but it's just like kind of like week you have nine weeks left, week eight. Yeah. Week so it's like kind of like anything can happen. Yeah. 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 Uh, like there's like there's too many there's too few of games in the NFL to where anything can happen to where teams are still gonna keep playing. The only worry I have is maybe like weeks we get more week sixteen, week seventeen type of games like this. Yeah. Uh but how do you feel about like all the Eagle fans like bashing Miles Sanders? Did you see what, what Miles Sanders said? No, I didn't. I didn't see what Miles Sanders said. So Miles Sanders was like, "We're all shocked by it." Um, essentially, he was saying like he like he wanted to win the game. Like he he wanted to he wanted to win the game, and he was shocked by the decision. Uh, players had to get held back. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about Eagle fans like being angry the, at him? I don't understand. Why does that shock any Eagles fan or any why does that shock anybody that a player on a team wants to win a game like ever? Like obviously like even you know whenever the Jets won that one game like Mikay Beckton came out and was like, "Yeah, like we whatever, if you're rooting for us to lose, then you're not a real fan." Like that happens all the time. Like and even whenever the uh the Browns went 0 16 that one year and there was that parade that they threw in in Cleveland and um there was one player on on the team, I don't remember who exactly it was, but he was like like what are you? What are y'all doing? Like that's it's fucking embarrassing. We just lost all sixteen games, and y'all are throwing a fucking yeah. parade. Like no, no player 
I can't say no player because I don't fully know, but you'd be hard pressed to find a player on a on a on a team that ever wants to lose. Those guys are competitive as fuck. Like they make their livelihood on that sport and winning games, and like that's just what they've been playing that game since they were fucking five years old, you know. And and so why like that shouldn't shock you at all. Obviously, as a fan, you sh- you know you might want to lose that game because you move up three spots, but you don't shit on a player on your team that wants to win you a game like that. That's shitty. So I like, like if I like hypothetically again, back to me and I'm me wanting the giants to win, like, like tank. I don't even in a tanking situation, I don't want to be, I don't want to have a team that's full of players that want to lose. Yeah. You don't want Daniel Jones to come out after the game and be like, yeah, I was just trying to fucking throw that game. Yeah, like, I I want to see these guys develop. Like the the best case scenario, an unrealistic scenario is you're in close games every game, and you just happen to lose. Like you get you get some shit. You get you get some development points. You get like development points if it's some fucking video game. You get some. <laughs> uh, you, you get you get some. Uh, you know, just developmental snaps. You see. You watch the film. You break it down you get better from every single week but you lose that's the that's the you know what you'd want but obviously it's unrealistic but i I, if i heard that somebody on my team was just literally like i want to lose or i'm okay with losing i wouldn't want them on my team even though i would want them to lose and it sounds hypocritical because if you want a tank to happen ideally you probably want people on your team to want to lose or be okay with losing but also, that's not really how you build a team. Yeah, like, if, I want my team to lose, but I don't want my team to want to lose. That makes sense. Like, it's, it's counterintuitive, but, like, I, I, as much as you or me might find culture overblown or whatever, like, you start getting to that kind of mindset where you want to lose games, then I, I feel like it's it might become a slippery slope yeah. a little bit. Oh, so. yeah. And I think the Eagles are at that point. I think there's a report today that there's a bunch of, like, finger pointing between Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles and Doug Peterson and uh, the owner has no idea what to do about it. If, if it gets to that point, you fucking fire them. Yeah. But it's either you take a side because you feel like one was better than the other or you just fire them both. It, it, this is clearly not a good locker room. It's clearly not a good situation. It's clearly bad culture. But, you know, anyway, talking about bad culture. Adam Gates was fired. Yeah, he sure was. Yeah. Adam Gase was fired. Uh, Anthony Lynn was fired. Uh, Dan Quinn's been fired. Uh, the, Doug Marone is fired. Matt Patricia. Uh, Matt Patricia Bill. was fired earlier. Bill O'Brien was fired. We have six openings. First of all, Gavin, I want you to rank. Let's talk. Let's talk about these rankings. What? How would you rank these situations if you were a coach, and you wanted the coach rank? One through six. Actually, I'll go six to one. Let's make it. Let, let's let's get some anticipation in this bitch. Okay. Six last, to one. What is the game. least? What's the least preferable location between these six teams? Where would you least want to go? Chargers, Falcons, Jaguars, Jets, Lions, and Texans. For me personally, it's between the Lions and the Texans at last. Um, 
the Texans is tough. We've talked about we talked we had that episode where we talked about like the Jaguars versus the Texans. Where would you want to go? The only reason why I'm even like debating whether or not it's the Lions of the Texans is like at least the Texans have Deshaun. But now at this point, there's been a development since that episode, and we'll, we can um, I'd be going to that either now or in a little bit, whatever. Um, where they the Texans just hired uh, Casario as their GM, and Deshaun is very not okay. Because he was told by management that he was going to be involved with both the head coach hiring and the GM hiring and was not even considered in the GM hiring. And they didn't even interview Eric Bieniemy, who Deshaun Watson put in a very strong word for. So now I feel like I feel like this all would have been avoided. Like I feel like Deshaun Watson would be like, all right, fuck it. Nick Cazario, they really like him, whatever. They didn't even interview the guy he wanted yeah, like that's for uh, the head coaching job. Like the GM job, like how, like, let's be honest, how, what would Deshaun Watson really necessarily know about the GM? Like yeah. he's not, he's not talking to these guys, like the director of football operations. He's or not like, now, now, if you're like a Peyton Manning, who's been in the league for like 15 years, then you might know something about like the GMs in the league, but you're, Deshaun Watson's 25. Like he, he, I don't feel like he knows anything more than whatever, than, than his front office, but like but the coach. Yeah, like, come on. The head coach, he's, like, this is the face of your franchise. How do you not interview the one guy? Like, I feel like if he just, if they just interviewed enemy, like, it would have been fine. Every, like, this doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and so that plays into my decision. So now it's like, as much as if there as as much as there's been like a rumor going around the past couple of days and it's fun to, you know, speculate and yada, yada that they, that the Texans might trade Deshaun Watson and he might demand a trade. I feel like there's really no chance that he gets traded just because the Texans know what they have in him and his contract is kind of crazy and uh, whatever. So even though I feel like he's very unhappy and I absolutely believe that I don't think realistically there's any way he gets shipped out of, out of Houston, but I don't, want to be a GM or, or sorry, a head coach of a team where one, you have no draft picks this year or the next year. Um, you have so you're paying more money on the books than any other team this year. And you won four games. Um, like you really, you have a God awful defense. Like really all you have going for you is Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller next year. Um, but Will Fuller is a free agent. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see them letting him walk just for the sake of Deshaun Watson. I feel like that would be the the last straw. Like you yeah. already got rid of Hopkins. Like there's no way you also get rid of Fuller. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The fact that you're even talking about trading him. The fact that he was almost traded to the Packers is crazy. That Yeah, that yeah, I know. So may, I, I'm not going to count anything out when it comes to the Texans, but um Anyways, that, that's why it's between them and the Lions. And the Lions, like, are just their roster is so terrible, and they're probably losing Matt Stafford. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I shouldn't say probably. There's a there's a decent chance they lose Matt Stafford. So they have a terrible roster, and they might have, be in the you know the the seeking you know part of they're trying to find a new quarterback. And yeah, so that's why it's terrible. So I probably go Lions last if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm also going Lions last because it's not because they don't even have an insanely high pick either. It's not like they're in a situation where they're going to get a guaranteed like guarantee at one of the top three quarterbacks in Lawrence or Wilson or Fields, however you want to rank those three. And also like they they still ha- like their roster 
their defense especially was specifically built for Matt Patricia's defensive scheme. So the defense is built for a specific scheme, which they weren't even good at playing in the first place. But this defense was shit. Yeah. And their offense, Galladay's a free agent. Marvin Jones is a free agent. Danny Amendola is a free agent. Their entire offense outside of Matthew Stafford, who he might demand the trade in, trade in the first place, this, this team has nothing. This, this team legitimately has nothing going for it. I, I'm Lions are last, and I feel bad for Lions fans. But moving on to the fifth pick, Chargers, you, Falcons. Are you, yeah, What's are you up? not going Texans? I'm not. I'm not going Texans. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going Texans. I'm going to go. Oof. Okay, this is tough. Honestly. I might consider the Falcons for the same reason that like that I said the Lions, just because like you have Julio and you have like Matt Ryan, but both of them are getting older and you're gonna have to be in the search for a quarterback next year. Um hopefully you would be, and then you might lose Julio within the next few years. And you'll let be level Calvin Ridley in a shit defense. So yeah. I mean I'm, yeah, I'm picking the Falcons just because their cap situation can't isn't very great isn't very good, I don't believe at least. Uh let me let me double check that. Um, but their cap space, I don't believe, is very good. Matt Ryan's getting up there in age. Julio can't se- seemingly can't ever stay healthy. Not that he ever did, but at least he was playing through it on a winning team. But now they're a losing team. Their defense stinks. Uh, you know, like this isn't like a horrible situation. Like if if I had a choice between not being a head coach and going to the Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta is going to be 30th in cap space. Yeah. Like you have no room to build and another year of Matt Ryan getting older, another year of Julio Jones getting older. This, this Falcons team is going to be my pick. Yeah. I didn't really think about the Falcons before I said the Texans, but I, I probably agree that it probably goes Lions and then Falcons. And then for me, it's Texans after that, just because of the other thing, at least the other teams left like have, either some kind of pieces on the roster or they have picks to, to build up their team and then they might have a quarterback going into the future. So um, for me next, I'm going to go. Yeah. The Texans thing kind of stinks. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Texans is just the only hard part. Like it, you know, if, the, I, after the Texans, like I know the rest of my order, but you know, um, the, the thing about the Texans is, is I feel like the Texans would legitimately be in my top three, top two, because of Deshaun Watson. It's just how salvageable is that relationship? Because if yeah. I'm the coach, I'm like, I'm assuming if you're the coach and you're accepting that job, you have complete confidence that you can either manage a game, call a game hire an offensive coordinator to call a game that fits Deshaun Watson and he will love you. He, he, as long as you have that confidence in yourself and you can get a relationship with Deshaun Watson, you can salvage whatever it is between the ownership group and Deshaun Watson, hopefully. Yeah. Um, uh, with that said though, I don't know, I guess, I guess you kind of have to put them at four. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously in a couple of years, what? If, I'm sorry to interrupt you. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm pulling Carson Palmer. I'm just not showing up. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, as a football fan, I think what rang true, like what, what kind of hit home with me um, is you saw the little mic'd up moment as Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt are walking off the field in their last game. Like J.J. Oh, Watt's J.J. Watt. This was so goddamn staged. Okay, maybe it was staged. It but... was so fucking staged. Like, it, okay. like, no fucking way. I, okay, like, Chris, okay. I know. JG I get Watt. that. J.J. No, no, no. Watt, good guy. Guy that likes attention. That's true. He's. A, I mean, just watch him on Hard Knocks going for... Remember him on fucking Hard Knocks? Like, like everyone's gone. He's in the middle of the practice field shirtless, practicing pass rushing moves on the fucking dummy. And he's just there by himself, just cameras everywhere, shirtless. It's just okay. I, he, the, the the idea that he was like, we wasted one of your years. Like when he said that to Deshaun Watson, it's like maybe it was staged. Whatever. It's like I'm that. Sure, it, I'm sure he was genuine about that. And, fact. and at least it, it also made me realize that, like, dude, like this is like Deshaun Watson's absolute like prime. He's only gonna get older. Yada yada. And it's just it's sad that like he could be on a team. Or in a situation like Mahomes is in, and like in the contention to win Super Bowls, like if he's on a decent roster, he's contending for the Super Bowl every year, playing the way he's playing this year. Like, yeah. and and so it's sad that he, basically, his one year of his career got wasted on a four win team that is n- through no fault of his own. Yeah. So, no. So, yeah. And 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 there was a crazy stat where you know. Um, Wins above replacement war is however you feel about that in football uh, or to our listeners. Deshaun Watson had the highest of any player in NFL history, the highest ratio of his own personal war to team wins. He, he accounted for like 3.2 wins above replacement um, to their four wins was like 83%. Um, and to those who don't know what war is, basically it's a, it's a metric used to um, – try to place a certain amount of wins that a certain player contributes to his team's overall win total versus a replacement level player, which is like of a guy off a practice squad of any given NFL team. Um, so it's just like Deshaun Watson absolutely put that team on his back. And although I think the Texans may have got a little unlucky with their win total, they won a, like they lost a lot of close games and, and they should have probably been like a six or seven win team, but they didn't. And not that it really fucking matters to them anyway, because they still wouldn't have made the playoffs and they don't even get a draft pick. So it's just such a shit situation uh, for Deshaun Watson. So I feel from an NFL standpoint, I would love it if he got traded or if he got the fuck out of Houston, but I just don't see it happening. Um, but anyway, um, I don't see it happening unless he does with Carson Palmer. When and Carson just is like, fuck you. Yeah. When he was with the Bengals and he was fed up, he decided he's just not going to show up. And then mid-year of the 2010 season, they ended up tra- trading him to the Raiders. Yeah. Which, you know, like, it's just one of those things. Like, I sometimes you got you got to take power in your own hands. And that's what I would do. I mean, this ownership group obviously doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So, And, uh, it's and, and I don't think I don't think people honestly realize how amazing Deshaun Watson is because there was some talk on Twitter and you may have seen it where people were saying like, okay, if you're, if you're the Jaguars and you're offered Deshaun Watson for your number one overall pick, do you take it? And people were saying like, no, like honestly, yes. yeah, yeah. The answer is yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, the Texans should say no. <laughs> yeah, I, That's exactly. a horrible deal. That is a horrible deal. 
The Deshaun Watson is already probably the second best player in the NFL or second most valuable player in the NFL right now. And you're taking a gamble that Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than that. And like, and you have no idea. Deshaun Watson is already incredible. Like, yeah, obviously Trevor Lawrence is an amazing prospect, but that doesn't mean, not that it doesn't mean shit, but it very well might not mean shit. You just have no idea. See, I don't fucking understand either because people are so annoying about draft picks because people are like, people are like, oh, we need to trade up and get this quarterback trade like two first round, two, like three first round picks. And then like when it comes to like Deshaun Watson, a proven young quarterback, he's just 25 years old. Suddenly now there's an issue like now the fucking bears traded a shit ton of picks to go up one spot. They moved up one fucking spot with the 49ers to draft Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what What are we talking about? And in, in the, the fucking, the, at the time, the, okay, the, the, the football team that was in Washington under a different name traded, like, fucking th- three first-round picks and whatever for RG3 to the Rams, right? Like, there have been several times over, throughout the course. I mean, fuck the, the what was it, the... The Dolphins or the Saints or some team did it for Ricky fucking Williams. Obviously, that was a different time. But, um, uh, yeah, all these players are fine with, you know, there are Texas fans that were fine with the Laramie Tunsil trade. Washington you know, football team traded away three first-round picks and a second-round pick. To, for to grab three. three. They got one good season out of. Yeah. And granted, maybe, maybe if he doesn't get hurt, maybe it's a different situation. But, right. like, the thing is, like, you think the Washington football team would go back and make that trade for Deshaun Watson? They 100 fucking percent would. They would probably give more. Yeah. And they should. It's Deshaun fucking Watson. What are we talking about? And there were people on Twitter trying to say that Deshaun Watson and Kirk Cousins were, like, basically the same, like, in terms of, like, level of quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) It hurts, dude. Like, honestly. So, um... I don't, yeah, I don't know, but you, if you're the, if you're Houston, you do everything in your absolute power to keep Deshaun Watson on your football team or else you're at, you're so fucked go like for the next 10 years, you're fucked. And right, who's your, who's your number three team? So my number three team is probably, mm, probably the jets. So I, um, the roster, their, their, their receivers aren't terrible. The rest of the roster is pretty awful. I mean, they have Mekhi Becton. They have Marcus May. And they're, they'll most likely either have Zach Wilson or Justin Fields going into next year. Um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume it's Justin Fields, uh, even though I know Just, or Zach Wilson is your number two. I just have a feeling that Justin Fields is probably their number two. Um, I don't know why, but it's just the feeling. Um, so outside of having the hope of Justin Fields, like their roster is still the Jets. And obviously they got rid of Adam Gates, but who the fuck, who knows who they're going to bring in? Well, I guess if in this situation, it's me. So whatever, but um, (laughs) so um, I'm going to put the Jets there just because, I mean, like I'm saying outside of Justin Fields, there's really not a whole lot of hope and their receiving core isn't terrible, but I don't know. It's not, it's not a lot to, I'm not going to put them one. I feel like yeah, I'm I, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, I mean, they're they're a good spot. Like, if I were going to the Jets, I would feel very happy. They have two first round picks this year. Uh, they have two next year. Um, they 
I mean, they're going to get their quarterback. And, you know, if I'm going to be the head coach, I'm going to do a better job of of planning out my quarterback's development, unlike Adam Gase. I'm not going to hire Greg Williams, who is blitzing every play. And I'm assuming Greg Williams is running the same defense in practice as he is in the game. So I, I can only imagine what that would do to Sam Darnold's development, the fact that he's seeing all these different type of blitzes early on and has no idea what the fuck is coming. <laughs> uh, so I'll do a better job of that. Uh, they also have a shit ton of cap space, which as head coach don't necessarily have control over, but I would hope that Joe Douglas's, uh, Joe Douglas in that front office would provide me with better weapons. So this is the real debate. Jaguars versus chargers. So, okay. Jaguars, I think for this, for the similar reason as the jets, I'm going to put second just personally, because obviously Trevor, they get Trevor Lawrence, right? Unless no, they get Trevor Lawrence. Outside of that, though, their roster is a 115 roster. Now, granted, they do have draft picks. They do have a lot of cap space. And I think this would be the more fun place to be, I guess, maybe more for a GM than, than a head coach. But um, just because Trevor Lawrence, you're getting Trevor Lawrence, that's what's even carrying them to two. But you still have a lot of work to do on the rest of that roster. Like you have DJ Chark. You know James Robinson for what that's worth at running back, and then Trevor Lawrence and Miles Jack. And outside of that, the rest of that team is just just replacement level players. Like it's just bad. Um, so I, I guess and that obviously leaves the Chargers at number one for me at least. So I'm interested to I'm see what the, you think. I'm taking the Jaguars at one, and it's it's really close. But the 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 issue for me is is that Justin Herbert and you and I have talked about this a little bit. As great as Justin Herbert was. A lot of what he did was against pressure. Yeah, it was unsustainable. He was arguably the best quarterback in the NFL under pressure this year, and that made up the major, like a large, large percentage. I was going to say majority, but I I don't know if that's factual. A large percentage of his passes, and realistically, you're not going to be able to have sustained success if you're getting pressured every snap. So the issue with me is if if I'm a GM, this is probably the jo- this probably the job I take because I don't have much work to do outside of keeping the receiving core together. Mike Williams is gonna have to get signed. Keenan Allen was already re-signed. Uh, Hunter Henry, I can't remember if he, he got re-signed. I think he was franchised, but I can't remember if he got a contract extension. Uh, my thing up. is is well, while you do that, my thing is is if I'm the head coach. I want pieces to work with. And if I have Justin Herbert, even if he regresses a little bit, I have Mike Williams, I have Hunter Henry, I have Keenan Allen. I do have to work on the O-line or the GM. I'm hoping the GM works on the O-line. But then on defense, you have Joey Bosa. Then you have that secondary, which is incredible. If Derwin James can stay healthy, you have Derwin James, you have Casey Hayward, who's getting up there in age. And then you also have Desmond King, right? Or no, or he, no. Really- he left Desmond King got traded. That's the thing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's the tough part about this. Cause like Derwin James, can Derwin James stay healthy? I don't know. Joey Bosa, uh, he got did he, he got a huge contract, didn't he? Or is or is yeah, he, he got a, he got a massive contract? He got a massive contract, so that's taking up a bunch of my space. Melvin Ingram might have to go soon because of that lack of cap space. Also, he's he didn't play all that well. I don't know if it was he injured this no. year too, or he also just wasn't that great. But um, in case he Edwards getting older, but still you have you do have pieces already there to work with as opposed to with the Jets and the and the Jaguars. You have 
almost nothing. But the Jaguars, what I like about the Jaguars situation is, is that they do have receivers. DJ Chark is a good receiver. Um, uh, Levishka Chanel, I really like Levishka Chanel. He, you know, obviously he didn't have the production that you'd like, but, you know, he was, he had Mike Glenn in his quarterback. Uh, it, you know, fucking Jake Luton, <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Like, these aren't really great quarterbacks but th- that receiving core is young it, i really like it. and you know what they can get another receiver too in this draft because they have two first round picks they've like 13 draft picks this year and they're getting trevor warrants so it's close between the charges if if you're saying to me all right you're gonna get a team that is guaranteed that that has proven talent i'm taking the chargers but I think that I would like to take the Chargers and mold them into my own because the thing is, even with what the Chargers have, I'm not so sure the Chargers... I think they are more or less in terms of like their roster outside of Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert can hit another stratosphere. He, like He can develop and you can turn him into something else and whatever but in terms of the rest of the roster i think the rest of the roster is kind of they are what they are at this point yeah so if justin herbert develops into what we think he can be then of course you're going to take justin herbert but he's not there yet and i think i think trevor lawrence can get there as well so i'm going to take i'm going to take trevor lawrence and the jaguars difference of opinion there but that's good difference of opinion is good um Uh, I had a quick question too. So, so I thought about it. Um, we were talking about the whole Tua thing, and Tua Tua has been a pretty big topic of conversation, you know, heading into the off season, especially with you know Miami missing the playoffs and all that. Um, but if my if if Tua were to be in this year's draft class, like Mac Jones isn't here, Tua stayed another season, um, and he would and he were to be in this draft class, where would you He's rank fourth. it? So you think he's behind Zach Wilson, obviously um, yep. Fields, and obviously Lawrence. Um, so why do you believe, one, um, I, I got two questions here. Why do you think that Mac Jones is so much farther down than than Tua was, right? Because Tua was like the, the, the second best quarterback last year. Um, and then and Mac Jones might not even go day one. I... It's a good question. I think Tua hurt Mac Jones, to be honest. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think Tua really, really hurt Mac Jones. I think people are starting to think like, oh, wow, that that receiving core that Tua had. I mean, Tua played with four first-round wide receivers. Mac Jones is playing with two probable first-round. I mean, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith are going to get drafted first round. Who knows what other receivers Mac Jones is playing with right now? that are going to end up being first rounders. Yeah. Um, see, it's just, well, the thing is, I feel like if Tua is in this draft class and we're going into this year, I think it would be the same case. I don't think Tua as a prospect. The, th- the thing is it's hide and sight. It's kind of 2020, right? Cause exactly. I'm trying to, I'm trying to take this from an unbiased standpoint, but it's kind of hard to not to, but also, especially with Josh Allen, the way he's, he's developed. Because I think Josh Allen is kind of like showing that traits matter, right? Because the thing is about Tua is that Tua, if Tua is having a bad year, 
And that's really concerning, especially because he doesn't have the traits. Josh yeah. Allen, when he was struggling, you had the traits to back on, like to kind of take a step back and say, all right, this was his rookie year. Look at the arm. Look at the athleticism. If we can get him to get better fundamentally, we have ourselves a fucking crazy quarterback. We have a a monster. Yeah, Tua doesn't, that have the arm. Tua doesn't have the arm to do that, and he has the mobility, but that's, you know, about it. Like, yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. Like, Tua, the thing about Tua is his mind has to be there because yeah. he doesn't have the arm. Like, if he's not able to be like a Drew Brees, like a lefty Drew Brees, where he knows the limitations in his arm strength, he has to pick up on the fact that defenses are so much faster in the NFL and you're not going to have five yards of separation on every throw. If he's not going to adjust to that, then he doesn't have that window that Josh Allen does. Because Josh Allen can fit the ball in. He has that confidence and he has that arm strength where he feels like he can fit the ball in anywhere and he can be late on some of these reads. Tua can't be late. Because if Tua's late, he's throwing an interception. He knows that. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the thing that we should kind of take from this season to where it's like traits do matter. And yeah. I think we need to kind of the next time we have an eventual Josh Allen type prospect, I think we need to do a better job of not of and not Herbert selling him off. What? And Herbert, too, I think is another good example. Like, honestly, oh, yeah. her, we, I at least wrote Herbert off. Not entirely, but I mean, I still th- think he should have gone the first round, but I just think, and along with a lot of other people, thought that, you know, six was kind of a reach to, to yeah. take Herbert. Obviously, that worked out pretty well for him. But um, yeah. uh, I do also think, though, that I think I got a bad taste in my mouth with the whole John Elway quarterback kind of thing. Not in ter- not John Elway as a quarterback, but in the idea that him as a GM kind of just gravitated towards, you know, these big, tall, white quarterbacks yeah. with a strong arm. That's why he took Paxton Lynch in the first round. And, yeah. you know, he, I, I just looked at those kind of past quarterbacks that got taken just because they like the Blaine Gabbard, Jake Locker, like uh, those yeah. kind of guys. And it's like, that's what I'm kind of thinking uh, that you're getting with, with those kind of quarterbacks, guys that shouldn't probably have ever been taken in the first round, but were because they fit the prototype. Um, and to be fair, Josh Allen kind of was that guy. Like he didn't have any production in Wyoming, really. No, like, he really, he really didn't. And that's, that's why I'm still kind of like, wow, the fact that he was drafted that high was basically because of traits. Like, of course, I'm not saying that you look at a quarterback's traits and you draft him. Like, that's what you should do. You need, you need production, and I probably, if I had to go back, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I still wouldn't have drafted Josh Allen because the tape wasn't there. Much less trade up for Josh Allen. That's that was yeah. the crazy part is they actually traded up to get him. Obviously, it worked out for him, for them. But that's also, you know, that's that's also judging your decisions based on outcomes instead of their process. Like I feel like it's still. I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they had some kind of insight into into something. But man, I, I don't know. Um, the my other question though that I had for you, and it's kind of along the same lines. In the same way that you that you think that Tua probably hurt Mac Jones, and that's probably why he might go day two. Do you think inversely, Deshaun Watson helped Trevor Lawrence's case? Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a is a generational quarterback, yada yada. But if you look at like the stats over the over the careers at Clemson, even on a per game basis, a per season basis, and a career basis, Deshaun Watson still shatters just about everything on Clemson. 
and he went 15. Why do you think that he went 15 and Trevor Lawrence is the undisputed number one overall pick? Turnovers. Uh, that's that's it. But that's that's really it. Like it's turnovers, and I think because Lawrence is a little bit bigger, and I'm, like it, and also like I don't I don't want to accuse NFL GMs of being this way, but there's this long assumption that some GMs just don't like to work with black quarterbacks. Maybe that's it, and also maybe like obviously the whole quarterbacks coming, which from is this- bullshit, by the way. Just yeah, like, yeah. I just want I just want everybody like I need to preface that right now. They're like the Giants, literally like the as much as I love the Giants, the Giants literally started Geno Smith for a game just so they can fucking get the whole black quarterback thing out of the way. Because they yeah. didn't have a starting quarterback who was black starting their entire history. And um, they decided to city line Manning because of that. Or so, partially because of that. Do, um, so, and maybe maybe I know we were talked about like, you probably, you shouldn't judge quarterbacks coming out of college based on the school they go to. Maybe Deshaun Watson kind of got the butt end of the stick because he's following Taj Boyd and EJ Manuel. I don't know because Taj Boyd obviously was great at Clemson and then sucked ass. So I don't know. Deshaun Watson's a little different, obviously, because he won a national championship and was, you know, yeah, that's, the, that's the thing that gets me. Cause like, so he threw 17 interceptions his last year at Clemson, which is a lot in 15 games. Yeah. Especially, like, especially for like a college quarterback where the defenses aren't as good. And he threw 13 the year before that in 15 games. So like he's, he was a turnover prone quarterback, I guess you can say, you know, and they, I guess they didn't really, they were worried about that, I guess. I guess they wanted somebody safer in that draft, which is crazy to me because he won a fucking national championship. It's not like his production was bad. He threw 4,500 yards. He threw 41 touchdown passes. He had 1,000 yards his last year rushing. Uh, not his last year from rushing, but he had 629 his last year, 629 rushing yards, and 1,100 rushing yards a year prior. Like, this is... He's a physical freak. He's a monster quarterback. The fact that he was passed up on is stupid, and the Texans got really, really lucky. Yeah, but what you're but what you're saying is 100 percent right. That uh, I think. Uh, I, are you, were you asking? Was Deshaun hurt by? Uh, no, no, no. Well, that was kind of later. Like maybe Deshaun was hurt by Taj Boyd, but also like, do you think that Trevor Lawrence was helped by Deshaun Watson being as good as he is coming out of Clemson? Um, that's tough. That's really tough because I don't know. Cause it's like, I don't think people look at Clemson like that. I, I, I don't, the fact they went from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence, like they saw Deshaun Watson have success at Clemson, win a national championship and then turn into this great NFL quarterback. Then Trevor Lawrence comes in. And does basically the same thing. Obviously, he's a different I, quarterback. I'm not trying to comp them, but I think if anything, I think the production of Taj Boyd and Trevor, not Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. I think if anything, that that production helped Clemson because I think the production of Taj Boyd, because Taj Boyd was a very good college quarterback. I yeah, think he was. the production in that offense and Dabo Sweeney being there. I think that's what really turned around Clemson into being one of those football powerhouses where you get five star recruits. Because when Lawrence, Ta- when I almost said Lawrence Taylor, Lawrence when Trevor Taylor. Lawrence leaves Clemson, guess who they have have backing him up? A five star, two hundred sixty pound quarterback. Yeah, that that was. I don't. I'm not even gonna dream of pronouncing that guy's name. But is that yeah, who you're talking about? The 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. He threw 400 yards in a game against Notre Dame this year. People were saying like he's, he was the second best quarterback in the ACC and he was the backup. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's fucking crazy. So I don't know. I don't think Deshaun Watson necessarily. I don't think he necessarily helped Trevor Lawrence. I think I think if anything, he just helps Clemson by making them this football powerhouse that they are today. I don't think there is Clemson as it stands today without Deshaun Watson. Or yeah. really Taj Boyd. True. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know, like, if you were to switch the two order, like, if you were to Trevor Lawrence came first and Deshaun Watson came second, do you if still... You switch the, if you switch the order and Trevor Lawrence has the career he has, like, you, like same careers, but you switch them, In switch order, yeah. timing, yeah. Deshaun Watson goes first overall in this draft. That's what that's what I mean. So and honestly, honestly, I think Trevor Lawrence probably goes first in the draft where uh, Deshaun Watson got drafted. Probably, yeah, because like obviously no one knew what Patrick Holmes was going to be, even though Trubisky was still looked at like and and uh, honestly, people shit on the pick of Trubisky. Like, yeah, you they probably shouldn't have traded up, but just Trubisky was pretty good. Like, even PFF had him as their number one quarterback. Like. So it's not like it was a really shit pick. It's just in hindsight, like, holy fuck, it's, no, it's, it's horrendous. That's, yeah, that's that's the thing. And, and honestly, like, the only the only thing that gets me about hindsight is, like, would I have drafted Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes? Probably. Yeah, for really going back and doing it, yeah. Would I have drafted him over Deshaun Watson? Well, a few years ago, I, you know, when I was a freshman in college and I didn't really, I wasn't really as aware about a lot of shit as I am now. I kind of just listened to a lot of, what other people said. I was yeah. told Mr. Trubisky was most pro-ready quarterback, pro-ready, because Deshaun Watson never took a snap on our center in college. That doesn't matter. Like I'm realizing it now because you know I've gotten I've I've gotten better at evaluating. I've read more shit. I'm not just fucking basing my opinion based off what other anal like what analysts say. Uh, but Trubisky did throw he threw 30 touchdowns, only six interceptions his last year, 68 completion percentage, and he was a what they say pro ready quarterback. Looking back at it, I think it's kind of ridiculous he went over to Sean Watson, considering Deshaun Watson was a fucking national champion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, agree. I it, you know, it's if I if we're going back in time, I think it's ridiculous that Sean Watson went as late as he did. And I'm not even talking about hindsight 2020. If I were to go back, I think it very well should have been Deshaun Watson one, Mitch Trubisky two, Patrick Mahomes three. Obviously, if we're going hindsight, Mahomes is one. But you know, yeah, yeah. But like in terms of like scouting, like yeah, that's why like whenever people say like he's the he's the best prospect since Pey- Peyton Manning or and or Andrew, it's, it goes Andrew Luck, then Peyton Manning, and then John Elway because like obviously those aren't the three best quarterbacks ever over the last however many years it's because like from a prospect standpoint coming out of college Andrew Luck was you know the best since and then Peyton Manning was the best since because like they were just you know that that's coming out of college like they they you know they were all incredible obviously they weren't the best well Peyton Manning probably was but you know so anyways I, I just I think it's I think it's interesting how much one player from a school maybe like plays into the next quarterback being drafted from that school. Like, and so I wonder like how Sam Howell is going to be affected because of Mitch Trubisky, you know, when he gets drafted or if he will, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. I like, I like Sam Howell. I really yeah. like Sam Howell. I'm very excited to see where he goes. Maybe he's a giant. 
Who the fuck knows? Every year, cool. Chris is like, maybe he's a giant. Maybe he's a fucking giant. Maybe maybe they give up on Daniel Jones next year. Who knows? Maybe Daniel, maybe Daniel Jones throws for like 4,800 yards next year. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, probably I mean, not. It's probably, probably not going to happen. I have no fucking faith. Ah, I'm fucking sad. All right. Uh-huh. Hey, go go from Duke Blue to Carolina Blue. You know, and just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not making me feel great. <laughs> anyway, let's get into these playoff games, playoff talk. We got picks. We're gonna track our picks from here on out. Playoff picks, but they are gonna go into our record. But we will keep track of just our record in the playoffs. See who does best in crunch time. Anyway, I'm. 109, 139, and 5. Connor is 115, 128, and 3. Gavin is 122, 126, and 5. And Peach Mini is 114, 120, and 4. So we got six games this wildcard weekend. It's the first postseason ever with seven playoff teams from each conference. I got Patrick Smith and Connor's picks. First game. Indianapolis going into Buffalo. Buffalo, they are six and a half point favorites. Connor's got the Bills, and Pichamidi also has the Bills. How do you feel about this game? I think that now I'm not going to go Colin Coward where he's going to come out and say that Josh Allen is right now a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm not going to say that. has chosen to get they were hot coming into the like starting the year and they had a lull their their fucking season is like a u like honestly like they were really incredible then they had a little lull in the middle mainly because Josh Allen and their defense but they Josh Allen and that Buffalo defense have gotten like incredibly hot at the exact right time heading into the playoffs this Bills team is on fire and honestly Allen was better than Mahomes was the second half of the season. Yeah, he is. I'm, but like, just because, like, not that that means anything. Like, you know, like, I mean, it means something. But obviously, you're not going to take Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes, right? No, but, but I, yes, Josh Allen did have better numbers than Patrick Mahomes. But however much you attribute that to Patrick Mahomes sleepwalking and blah blah, blah we beat that to death. I'm going to take yeah. Buffalo over uh, over Indianapolis because just just because with the streak that Buffalo is on, and I don't. Philip Rivers, like, ah, I just don't really, not going to put my money on him. So, uh, I'm going to take Indianapolis, but I think Buffalo's going to win. I just, it's a big line. I mean, I understand for a playoff game. Playoff game, six and a half points. You know, Josh Allen, let's just talk about Josh Allen real quick. Cause I, we, you and I are notorious Josh Allen haters. Let me just, let me just talk about Josh Allen real quick. 69.2 completion percentage. This is a guy that's never had above a 60 completion percentage ever. Not in college, not in high school, not in the NFL. I'm gonna, okay, I'm just sorry. Before you, before you go into this, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I got fucking flamed again by, <laughs> the, Bills, goddamn, by the goddamn Bills quarterback watch. Like, he just, what he spends his days doing is he goes back and just searches like his, his at, his handle, and then Josh Allen. And then just looks at all the shitty takes. Well, not even shitty, just in hindsight, like the the you know the old taste exposed kind of deal. And he retweeted my fucking tweet. Or like Adam, Adam said some shit uh, on Twitter, and I was responding to him like in a joking way. And I was like, and I'll bet any amount of money that Josh Allen will never have over sixty percent completion percentage. And 
it was I didn't really mean that. I would not bet any amount of money that that would happen. I was more joking and shitting on this other Bills fan just to just to do it. But anyway, he retweeted that I mean, at the I, time, though. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, there was no reason to think he would ever. OK, maybe 60 percent is a is a, is, a, you know, maybe he eked out 60 percent. But 69%, there's no reason to have thought he would jump that high. And anyway, I got like fucking nine Bills fans in, in my goddamn mentions just like sending me gifts of Josh Allen and, and just whatever. I'm just, fuck you. And, and like, oh, how, how, how much more is my money? And blah, fuck you. And so, so like, I was a Josh Allen hater. I own it. Josh Allen's good and I love it. And I, he makes the sport better. I am not doubling down. I think he's going to be good going forward. I just want that. I think he'll regress maybe next season, but I, you know, whatever. But see, this it it's incredible. I mean, sixty nine, like his first few years, he went from fifty two point eight completion percentage to fifty eight point eight, sixty nine point two. This year, he went from never in I mean, his career, his football career through Wyoming through high school, never did he did he have a completion percentage above sixty, and he. But this fucking guy, like he, this, this fucking guy, he went from <laughs> averaging 172 yards a game, 172.8 to 193.1 to 284. Like he, he just suddenly, like he goes from, there's even yards per attempt, like every every facet of the game, like 6.5 to 6.7 to 7.9, his. Net yards per attempt. So you're even taking sacks away. 5.35, 5.72, 7.33. He took less sacks this year. ESPN QBR, 49.8, 49.4, 81.7, 107.2 passer rating. It was like the, fucking, the, the expectation. PFF grade, like PFF who hated Josh Allen. PFF hated Josh Allen. I hated Josh Allen. He's, he's a top three quarterback right now in terms of grade. He he graded higher than Russell Wilson this year. Like, and so the expectation with Josh Allen was like, okay, he 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 had a really shitty rookie season. He had a marginally better sophomore season. So like maybe, and then then the Josh Allen like lovers were like, oh well, he's gonna. It's a gradual step by step process. He's gonna have this incremental increase in production like next year. But no, it, it went like shitty to slightly less shitty to like best quarterback in the NFL almost over the, like so. No one, no one saw that coming. Not, not this year, at least. So I just, I, whatever. Yeah. Roast me all you want for my Josh Allen takes and or why me out of everybody, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've said a lot of shit about Josh Allen. I don't know if I muted the chats. I don't know if I muted all those conversations, but I said a lot of shit. I'm surprised <laughs> I'm not getting notifications on it. Yeah. Like maybe, like maybe I'm, I'm thinking that high, like I'm thinking I had some pretty uh, pretty good foresight because i i think i might have muted them way yeah. back when i haven't seen anything except for one i saw one that i didn't that i didn't mute but even pff grade 90 point uh 90.9 like he's doing everything epa per play he's number well composite epa epa and uh completion percentage over expected he's ninth and an epa per play he is was it? Is this over a few years, or is this? Oh, this is shocking. EPA per play, he's eleventh. Wow, that's actually shocking. But still, that's good though. Yeah. What's what's his Dakota like? Which like the oh, you said the composite is is that yeah and yeah. So he's ninth is is weird. That is strange. Maybe because he he throws more vertical passes. Well, no, that wouldn't make any sense. I don't know. I wonder what the reasoning is for that. But 
don't know. That's wild. What 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 is this? Did I did I fuck up somewhere? Let me see. Because I want to make sure. I, I wonder what ten quarterbacks would would be. I mean, obviously I can name a few, but that's that's weird. That was that was with a garbage time filter. Let me take the garbage time filter off of it. Even though that does make more sense. Okay, without without the garbage time filter, he's second in composite EPA and completion percentage over expected. And then EPA per play, he's fourth. So I guess like when he's up, he just shits on people's throats. I guess when the win like when they're just winning the games, they just really, really just step on their throats and make them try and come up for air. Yeah, because he because he wasn't ever getting blown out except for the one Titans game, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. But he's a he's he's an elite quarterback at least this year. Like you know, like of course, like there are things like Lamar Jackson last year where we considered him an elite quarterback, and then this year, like he took a step back. But right now, I mean, especially when it comes to his passing, which is more sustainable, he's. He's incredible. He's he's turned. He's went. He went from the most inaccurate quarterback in the NFL last year, statistically, to being one of the best. He's <laughs> also. He's, let me just go ahead and um, just just given the track record with fucking Bills fans. I don't want. I don't want my audio clip from last week coming back up. I'm gonna go ahead and say sorry for doubting Matt Barkley. Because <laughs> yeah, because I was yeah, like, I, what did I say? What did I fucking say? I said I didn't. Granted, I did pick Miami, but the the spread was literally like it was Buffalo minus one. So I was just like, all right, Miami's probably gonna win. But they kept Josh Allen in the entire game for most of the game, and then Matt Barkley finally comes in. He fucking lights it up. And I he was dropping bombs, like dude. I mean, he did the same thing against the Jets. That's what I said. I said he he played the Jets. But 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 fuck you, because because Miami at least like has a competent defense. Like Jet the Jets, like okay, you go and you ball against the Jets, whatever. I don't really care. But like you did that against a a would have been playoff caliber team. If you didn't get shit on by Matt Barkley, like they would have probably made the playoffs. Oh, by the way, how do you feel about uh Matt uh fuck uh Cole Beasley being a dude? What the fuck? Like, okay, I I didn't fully look at all the at the the whole team. The first the first team All Pro, right? Oh, I don't really know who who made it there. Was it Devontae Adams? It and, was Devontae uh, Adams and Stephon Diggs. Okay, which those make sense. And then second team all pro was Justin Jefferson and and Cole Beasley. Like <laughs> like like you're telling me that Cole Beasley was better than Adam Thielen. Like that he was that he was better than I don't DeAndre know. Hopkins. De- DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, like even though he kind of fell off a little bit like but what was Justin Jefferson's second break. team? What? Was Ju- was Justin Jefferson second team? I thought he didn't. I I don't know. I don't remember. There was a, there was a meme where it was like um, Justin Jefferson holding the second team All Pro in his hands, and it'd be like, "This is worthless because because also Cole Beasley got it too." And it's I, I believe Justin Jefferson was second team, but you you can fact check me on that. Um, but yeah, no, that that's absolutely re- fucking ridiculous that that Cole Beasley got it. Like, yeah, I mean, Cole Beasley was is good. Jeez, right. How many fucking second team wide receivers do they have? Well, they're oh, all it's, it's a tie. Uh, That's right. Second team wide receivers: DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, all deserving. Then Cole Beasley. 
Yeah. You're I telling mean, me Cole Beasley's in the same class as DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, and Cole Beasley. <laughs> one, one, of, of yeah, one of these things is not like the other. Like, yeah, I, no, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think Cole Beasley is probably underrated, but not that underrated. Like, now he's overrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Before it was kind of like, like you know who yeah, I like. He's I like AJ Brown. Did you list AJ Brown on there? Did no, he... AJ Brown's not there. No, the AJ fuck? Brown's there. <laughs> like. And Tyreek, did, did you say him? Did he make it? Tyreek made it first team. He was first team. Oh, okay, okay. It was okay. Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Tyreek Hill. Oh, it was three of them. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, but like, like you, you tell me that Cole Beasley made it over, like Chris Godwin, you know, Calvin Ridley. It's just, yeah, Allen Robinson, like whatever. It just doesn't. God, fucking like I, I get he was he was productive from the slot, but and he's what he's a fuck? decent slot receiver, but you know they just they just decided to not have a second team tight end. That's weird. Um, they just was that just a just a decision they made where they just like okay, uh, everybody else was shit other than Travis Kelsey, or is not gonna have one. I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe do they have a flex this year? I mean, maybe they just kind of like decide who who's going to, you know, no, I don't. I don't. It doesn't look like it, at least the way that its website has it right now. Because randomly, like they just randomly gave Christian McCaffrey like the flex spot that one year. Then like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah, to be fair, outside of Travis Kelsey, like who are you going to give it to? I mean, Bob Tanyan would be the, the only other guy. Like definitely not Evan Ingram, you know, <laughs> fucking. Darren Waller had like oh, 11 yards. That's, 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 I'm, yeah, sorry. It should absolutely should have been Darren Waller. Like, how do you not, like, I, I get George, uh, George Kittle got hurt, but for fuck's sake. Yeah. What does Darren, Darren Waller have to do? <laughs> yeah. He had a thousand yards like that. Yeah. That dude, that dude balled out. So I, I don't know. I didn't even, I didn't even look at the second team. This is, this is, this is something. Yeah. This yeah. Is, Normally the second, the normally the all pro teams are, and should be regarded higher than Pro Bowls because Pro Bowls are just fan voting for the and player voting for the most part. But normally all pros are, are are held in a pretty high regard. But but Jesus Christ, I mean, you put you put Cole Beasley on on any kind of all pro list, and it's like all right, you know, like who's voting on this? And uh, don't worry, our guy Josh Allen, second team, our guy, we're declaring him our guy, the elite quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> our even, though I'm vote, even though I'm picking Indianapolis, but here, but here's why I'm picking Indianapolis. I didn't actually go into it. Uh, I, I just six and a half is a lot. Uh, I think, I think if there's a defense that can somewhat shut this hot, like smoking hot Buffalo def, uh, offense, just slow it down a little bit. It's this Indianapolis defense. Like they play a mostly zone heavy scheme and where we've seen Josh Allen really light it up is going against blitzes and going against man coverage. And Indianapolis doesn't do a lot of that. Defensively, this is the best matchup that... I mean, this this is the best matchup for... Um, I'm wording this poorly. This is a bad matchup for Josh Allen defensively, considering what he will have later in the postseason, I believe. This this yeah. is somewhat of his kryptonite if he even has one. You know, he's played so well this entire year that he doesn't really even have one. But if there is a defense that will give him some fits, it might be this one. And besides Buffalo with how they they sp- they play defensively, 
Indianapolis is going to play into it. Indianapolis is going to be a run first team, and that's how that's how the Bills defense they're they're very strong pass to, uh, pass defense. They're going to allow you to get yards on the ground, and I think Indianapolis is going to eat enough clock to where they stay within six and a half points. But I do think Buffalo Bills are going to win. They will be in the divisional round. Going to this next game, the Los Angeles Rams and John Wofford, Jared Goff, which one? Going to Seattle, Seattle. They are three point favorites. I um, again, this this seems like it's a, a podcast episode full of apologies. I last week when we were talking about John Walford, and I didn't know who he was. I was like, oh, I don't really know who that guy is. I uh, I'm gonna apologize because I was an avid AAF fan. You know, there was uh, oh, John Walford. Get the fuck out of here! You're an <laughs> avid AAF fan. John Walford was the quarterback of my Arizona Hotshots, and I cannot believe it. Get the fuck out of here, your (laughs) Arizona Hotshots. (laughs) Like, he... he, he Arizona Hotshot fan, name five songs. (laughs) So, the the MVP of that, um, of the AAF was obviously Gary Gilbert, but the second best quarterback... The second best quarterback in the AAF was John Walford of the Arizona Hotshots. They were really the only two like decent quarterbacks in the in that league. The rest of them were just pretty ass. But John Walford, AAF legend. Um, you know, in the in the Season eight games, in, finish. Yeah, I know, I know. The eight games that Season they played couldn't even fucking finish. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say, yeah, I I, I do apologize, but John Walford. Like he didn't, he didn't play like amazing or light it up or anything, but he played admirably and maybe just as well as Jared Goff. He's mobile as fuck. You know, like, I mean, who's to say that playing Jared Goff isn't the, the, the bad decision here? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Hey, so are you, are you taking the Rams? Ah, oh, dude, I feel like it's tough because, okay, the, I uh, the Rams and the Seahawks split, and, la- and last last time they played, I was like, oh, I'm going to take the Seahawks because there's no way the Rams sweep them. But now they're one and one. This could go either way, right? Obviously, Seattle is favored, but you know, okay, here's the thing: the Rams. I'm going to take the Seahawks, all right? Because like, if the John Walford starts, I think how and, and and tell me if you agree on this. There's definitely like quarterbacks, like uh, okay. Quarterbacks playing in the playoffs that haven't been there before, right? There's definitely something to that in terms of like the experienced quarterback probably gets the nod. And like, you know, John Walford has barely played an NFL game, much less played in a playoff game. So I feel like I'm going to trust Russell Wilson, even though I think that they're probably comparable in terms of roster. I don't necessarily believe that John Walford can handle the bright lights of, uh, you know, the playoff game. I just think we need to talk about like how average Russell Wilson was the second half. No, you're right. You're right. He um, was so fucking average. And and the thing is about this offense is it's very in terms of play calling, not necessarily like pass heaviness or whatever. It, it's just they remind me a lot, and I don't know if they they remind you. I remember I got an argument with somebody on Twitter last, I think last week or two weeks ago, who said uh, this this girl this girl I kind of know. She's uh, really uh, her name's Eleanor. She's really really 
She's really smart. She's very bright when it comes to football. But I disagreed her on, with her on this specific topic. She said, remember when uh, Pete Carroll didn't want to let Russ cook? He won that argument. And I said, I don't think he did. I just think that it, currently the ingredients that Russell Wilson is using to cook, it's not necessarily, they're not all good ingredients. Like he has the pass weapons. Like he has DK Metcalf. He has Tyler Lockett. Well, Tyler Lockett probably is like maybe suspect in terms of like, is he actually hurt? Is his knee still fucking with him? Like, yeah, yeah. that's fair too. But in terms of like, in terms of just pass weapons, he has them in general. Yeah. But, the thing is, this offense, it kind of reminds me of Tampa Bay's offense. At least when Tampa Bay was struggling. This is an offense that's really, it's, it lives and dies by the big play. If it doesn't have the big play, it doesn't work. Yeah, and, and that's always kind of been what it is. Like, obviously, it's like run, run, deep shot. It's like, yeah, and except this year, it's been deep shot, deep shot, run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's been really, just, it's been a weird offense, and it's just like against like bad defenses, that's going to work. That's what happened the first eight weeks of the season when Russell Wilson was the MVP. But in the second half of the season, in the last eight games, Russell Wilson had twelve total touchdowns. Like he's just he's been very average. Even in, I'm just looking for him right now in terms of EPA per play. I wonder what EPA per play says about him. Yeah, he he's, hit, he absolutely they got cratered. Like their offense, ab- like you know, 18th in composite EPA completion percentage over expected, and then EPA per play, he's fucking 26. Is that is that uh, over the course of the entire year or the second eight? half of the year? Yeah, yeah. Now you look, you do weeks like one through eight or nine. His completion percentage, his CPOE. Was that's always been his stat? That's always been a Russell Wilson stat because like his his deep ball has always like been in crate has been incredible, and the the ex the expected completion percentage of of the, those kind of deep balls are are very low, and he just seemed to hit them all the time. So his his CPOE was always like crazy high, and so his composite like he was owning that for like the the first like few games. He was number one, I think, by by a wide margin for a while. So yeah, I. And this defense just matches up really well to what they want to do. Like Jalen Ramsey's the be- probably arguably the best corner in football, and he shut down DK Metcalf two times already. I don't expect it much to really change a third time. And like you said, Tyler Lockett might be hurt. I think John Wofford can do enough with his legs if Jared Goff doesn't play to where they stay within three points. And honestly, they might win. I'm taking I'm taking Los Angeles Rams and don't be surprised they upset them. Uh, going to this next game of uh, Connor and Peachman picked uh, they agreed with you. Uh, so I'm I'm fading you guys for two picks so far. <laughs> this game, I don't think we really need to talk much about this game. It's the Saturday night game. Tampa Bay, seven and a half points versus Washington. I think we all think we all think Tampa Bay is gonna win. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm picking Tampa Bay. I'm picking okay. Tampa Bay to cover. And I, the reason being is I just don't really understand like what Washington's going to do. Uh, apparently, they're going to split snaps between Taylor, Tyler Honeke. Is it Taylor Honeke or Tyler Honeke? Taylor. Honecky? I can't Taylor. Taylor? Yeah. 
uh, and Alex Smith. I don't understand how it's going to work at all. I'm, I don't know. But either way, it just seems like a lot of confusion going into a playoff matchup where Tampa Bay is playing the hottest football they've played this entire year. Now, this is probably one of the better defenses they've played in a while. And that's the only it thing definitely is. I'm worried about is like Tom Brady going back and having one of those struggle games or just the offense in general having one of those struggle games. Um, so I have a bet on this game. Uh, and so I have 100 bucks on on straight up on uh, on Tampa. So pretty good bet. yeah, it's a pretty good bet, especially when. You know, and the line was eight points at one point, like whenever I looked it up the other day. So I guess it's 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 even moving towards Washington. So maybe it's going to stay at seven and a half, which is which is odd. Um, you think it would go the other way, considering anytime you're ever splitting snaps at quarterback, like I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm I'm going to take Tampa. I just I'm not going to. I don't know. I don't want to rely on on Tom having an off game, especially just like how incredible he's been the past like twelve quarters of football. You know, he's been crazy and crazy this good. is the number one like on early downs they are the number one pass heaviest team now over the past three weeks where yeah. they were middle of the pack for most of the year past three weeks they've been number one on first and second down that's exactly what you want to see you want to see you want to see bruce arians take advantage of tom brady and tom brady's mind and that's what they've done the last three weeks granted it's been against bad defenses but yeah, that's my only concern is not not only like this is a good defense, but like also specifically Tom Brady has been particularly poor under pressure. And, you know, Chase Young coming into this game is, is you know, I think it's I don't think necessarily he's been like horrible under pressure. I think a lot of it's just like the one worry about me with me, honestly, it's a fucking it's a night game. It's prime time. It's past Tom Brady's fucking bedtime. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> no, but like Ooh. honestly, that 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 offensive line for for Tampa though is pretty good. Like Tristan Warfs is obviously very good, and um, they have Dotson still. I don't maybe I'm way late on that, or did he get hurt, or, or I don't know. But they they have a, a pretty decent O line. Um, he only gets pressured on like 24 percent of his drawbacks, um, which is which is pretty good. And so obviously, I think that number might be be higher this week because of just how good this Washington defense is, which is crazy. Cause like on paper, they're not really like all that great. Right. But they've been like, they were like the second or third best defense, you know, yeah. depending on what metric you use uh, this year. Um, but, but anyway, that my only concern is that defense. Um, obviously that's really the only reason why you should be concerned. Cause on offense, they have nothing. They have a broken Alex Smith, a third string quarterback, and then, you know, scary Terry. That's it. So and Logan I mean, Thomas. Logan Thomas, yeah, yeah, Logan yeah. Thomas good. they might throw him in a quarterback. Hey, do you know he played quarterback, Chris? I did, I did. <laughs> uh, thousand fucking time hearing that. Uh, <laughs> going to this next game, Baltimore three point favorites going to Tennessee. Connor picked Tennessee. Stop me if you heard that before. Peachman is picking Baltimore. Now this is a game that's very interesting because this is where Baltimore has been extremely hot of late, but extremely hot rematch of last and Tennessee's defense is shit it's shit it's shit but it's horrible it's Ryan horrible horrible Ryan Tannehill you know we thought at one point that he was regressing maybe he was he definitely was at one point he wasn't playing up to you know the legend that he had built up last year Ryan Tannehill I mentioned last week, like on non on non play action dropbacks, like he he had the highest overall EPA out of any other passer. Um, 
and whether we we were arguing whether or not how much you you attribute that to you know the play action just in general or if it's a smaller sample size or whatever. But Ryan Tannehill is he's been good. He's been awesome. very very good. And and like if <laughs> it's funny like if you um obviously he doesn't have enough rushes to meet the threshold, but if you look at like rushing EPA for like um. Yeah per rush over the over the season right obviously it's like the cluster of running backs just because they all don't you know they're all roughly the same then you have lamar jackson kind of out in the in the stratosphere a little bit but if you lower the threshold to to have Tannehill in there like the graph becomes very small and like zoomed way the fuck out ryan Tannehill is in like the fucking like the andromeda galaxy like it's it's yeah. funny to funny to see so um even though it's limited, what he adds with his legs is kind of pretty underrated. Like, did you know that he played uh he played wide receiver in college? He played wide receiver at Texas A&M. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, so I don't know. This is interesting. I I don't think these teams are quite the same, obviously, as they were last year when they when they when they played. Um, but you know, because because the Titans were nine and seven. Obviously, how many a few wins of or a few losses of that came from Marcus Mariota? But um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't really know how to go with this because I feel like the line is pretty if Baltimore being on fire is, is what's is what's throwing me for a loop because because for a majority of the year if you gave me this line and, and like said like okay I, I would t- I would take Tennessee because Baltimore for for the longest time was not playing that well but I don't I don't know man I I, I what what do you did you so say the picked because I'm, I'm kind I of didn't, I didn't I haven't the thing that gets me is that I think that Tennessee matches up really well to Baltimore. It's kind of similar to Buffalo, where Buffalo is built through their pass defense, where they're kind of daring you to run the ball, and Baltimore versus Derrick Henry just hasn't really worked out thus far. Um, yeah, they, they won the last matchup, right? Didn't, yeah, didn't ten- yeah, Tennessee beat Baltimore in overtime. Yep. Yeah, And then before that, it was the playoff game where Derrick Henry went off and, you know, but, uh, you know, in that playoff game, Lamar Jackson did have 500 yards of offense. It just, it, no red zone success and it only accumulated to 12 points. The thing that gets me though, is that Lamar Jackson, through all of his struggles this year, they finally decided to mix it up. They changed their philosophy. They started to spread out the ball. They started to use more four wide receiver sets. They decided to use Mark Andrews in the slot more to kind of open up the running lanes because what teams started to do against Lamar Jackson was they started to play smaller. They started to, when Baltimore would play big, would they use their fullback and Patrick Ricard and they'd have Mark Andrews on the field or whoever, whatever tight end they decide to use teams, instead of matching up and playing in their base defense, they were playing nickel and dime. They were playing nickel and dime hundred percent of the time because their defensive backs were able to keep up with Lamar Jackson and his speed. So what the Baltimore Ravens have decided to do is they decided to spread them out and keep the defensive backs on the edge. They decided to keep them away from Lamar Jackson and leave those open running lanes from tackle to tackle. And with that said, this this is a defense where last year they were able to match up really well because that's kind of what they did last year. They were able to do that and stop Lamar Jackson a little bit. Uh, at least in terms of points scored. This year, I don't necessarily think that's a case, but I'm still going to pick Tennessee just because I think Tennessee will keep it very, very close. I think it's a field goal game. I think Tennessee, I think Tennessee's going to up, upset them, but with that said, Baltimore's offense is playing so well right now. I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I'm taking Tennessee to cover. That's a good point. I think, I think, 
I mean, last time it went to the it went to overtime. Um, obviously, they they won by a touchdown because it was a Derrick Henry touchdown in overtime. But I feel like it's it, it's a good. You made a good point where it, it's probably going to come down to a field goal, right? And so yeah. I'll go ahead and take um, take Tennessee because just because of that because of that reason. I mean, it's it's a small line, but um, I feel like it might even be as close. You know, it might be that close. So yeah. Uh, going to this next game, Chicago going to New Orleans. New Orleans, they are nine and a half point favorites. Nine and a half point favorites. Fucking a lot of points. It is a lot of points. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to take Chicago to cover. Just because it's so, I mean, obviously I don't, don't really love Mitch Trubisky. Um, not that that's breaking news, but um, that's that's one of one of my takes that I can be proud of. Can you imagine like Mitch Trubisky was also good and like... <laughs> <laughs> Like or like Drew Locke became good. I, I said on Twitter, I'm like, um, my my buddy Matt, former guest on here, Matt was like, you know, this is gonna haunt you. I'm like, I don't really give a fuck to be honest. But like now, what would haunt me is if Drew Locke became good. That that, that would yeah, that would fucking kill me. But um, it, no. Anyways, uh, as far as this game goes, I think regardless of you know, Mr. Bisky sucking, they have kind of reverted to the 2018 kind of thing where despite him sucking, they're kind of getting some kind of production out of him now. Yeah, they're playing somewhat well. Yeah, and, and so nine and a half, while I do think that New Orleans is, is substantially better than Chicago, um, when it comes down to it in the playoffs, I, I just have faith in in Chicago to, to at least keep it within 10. I mean, I mean, Lord, that's so. So Brian, former also former guest of the show, um, this is a uh, you know, ever since you've been on, I've been kind of still remain shitting on the Bears. But here's to you, buddy. I'm, <laughs> my yeah. faith. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the Bears too. Connor's picking the Bears. Connor's picking Peach. Not Connor. Peachman. He's <laughs> picking the uh, New Orleans Saints. So it's three of us: Connor, you, and I. Going against Peachman. Yeah, I mean, Saints are probably gonna win this. You know, I, I I hope to God that they win this, and they just don't. Have like some weird call go their way, like go for the Bears' way, so we don't have oh, to hear fans bitching. Oh god, I can't go. I mean, honestly, like as much as I love that because they have found a way to lose in the playoffs in the most hilarious ways. Going back to you know 2010, was that was that the Beastquake game? Like, yes. they, yeah. Ever since they won the Super Bowl, God, they've been just it's plagued with with hilarious losses. Um whether it's the Minneapolis miracle or the Rams, you know, game in, in 2018 or whether, you know, it was the last year where they lost to Minnesota when they sh- had no business losing that game because of a, of a push off from, you know, Kyle Rudolph. Um, yeah, man. But uh, also just, just side note, what, what do you think the odds are that, uh, that Taysom Hill is the inevitable starting quarterback of the saints next year? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I just feel like there there are the chances are I think they're pretty good. I I don't know anymore, man. I I, don't, I just don't know. I, I think Drew Brees is going to retire, but I I just don't know. I don't know who's going to start there. I I don't know. I don't I don't see them going and getting to the quarterback. And I think Jameis goes somewhere else. And I think Taysom Hill remains as the the last standing quarterback. And I think he gets the start at least going into the season. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm gonna... oh sorry, here you go. No, I'm just going to say, I hope the Saints lose, but you're like, you're right. You're right. I don't want to hear bitching, but I still think it would be kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm picking Chicago as well. Nine and a half is a lot. Uh, 
last game, the Sunday game, uh, last game of Sunday's evening games, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, they're six-point favorites, assuming that this line got as big as it did because Kyle, uh, I almost said Kyle Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski, my coach of the year, he is going to be out with COVID along with a bunch of other coaches. Cleveland's kind of getting fucked. And they're, yeah. like, their entire offensive line is out. Probably they're, out. Well, are they, though? Like, are they, like... They're all questionable. They're not all officially out. I, I assume half of them are going to be out, at least. Or, like, two of them, I should say, because two, two out of five. Because um, I know... I know um, Joel Batonio, he's going to be out. He has COVID. He's out. So that's one. I assume one of the other four are going to be out. I, they just better hope it's not Wyatt Teller. That he's been a monster. But... I don't know. I mean, fucking... You got... All pro Jack Conklin on the right side, right tackle. I mean, it's just they their offensive line is awesome. Yeah, so it's, yeah, and, it's and they have Stefanski and uh, and why can't like Stefanski still be like just up in the booth, like in his own little booth by himself, still coaching yeah, through a headset? Because somebody has to watch that headset after. Somebody has to go near it. Like they can't just leave it there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I guess he can. I guess he can take it with him. But then you, then you're forcing somebody to go near him and like open the door for him, or like if he opens the door, he has to like do it himself. And like, I don't know. Like it's, I understand what you're saying. Like we should be able to do something because we have all the technology in the world. And him not being able to coach this game kind of sucks, especially for Browns fans who have wanted this for so long. And their first playoff appearance, COVID fucks them. Um. And like I said, in time they've gotten fucked. Like they had the one game where all, all but one of their starting receivers got fucked. Like and and yeah. we're out now. Now it's their head coach, like the, you know, coach of the year, and and then also maybe some of their own line. It's just it just really sucks for Cleveland. But whatever, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. Fucking sucks. Yeah, uh, I think Pittsburgh's gonna win just because. I mean, everything's back. Like, like Cleveland's back against the wall completely. But I'm going to pick Cleveland. I think this is one of those things where Vegas is trying to trick you. I think they're trying to say, like, how isn't how isn't Pittsburgh supposed to destroy this game? I think they're trying to trick you. And Pittsburgh, as much as we've seen before, they play down their competition. Hell, the, Pittsburgh in, I don't want to say a similar matchup because it really wasn't. But last time they were in the playoffs, going against Jacksonville Jaguars. I know, P. Schmitty, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry to bring this up, but they were supposed to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles fucking won. Yeah, they yeah. fucking won. And... I don't know, think it's quite... The, maybe not quite the same, but I it, it's, it's a, you know... It's, it it's is definitely a, not... It's not the same, especially because Jacksonville was very, very good that year. And Big Ben is worse now. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I think we're kind of expecting Pittsburgh to kind of roll through this one uh, because of everything that's wrong with but everything that's wrong with Cleveland. I'm I'm taking Cleveland to points. Peachmitty's not Peachmitty is now on. This is a 17th of 17 possible Pittsburgh Steeler picks, and he's picking the Steelers. Yeah. Um, What would a Cleveland though? He's the, yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland with the points because like, um, big Ben, man, I don't, I don't know. Like obviously he's, he's, he's bounced back after that, that horrendous game versus the Bengals, but, uh, a little bit, obviously they, they were down a decent, like what, like 20 or 17, something to the Colts and they came back. Yeah. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I think 
I'm not sure how how much of an impact like on a one game sample size not having Stefanski is going to have. Uh, obviously, it'll it'll affect them. I just don't know how many like how much that moves the line. I, I really have zero clue. But um, I think the fact that the special teams coordinator is acting as head coach when Stefanski's done, like what? Well, I mean, not when he's done. Like I'm assuming Stefanski's going to have the first 15 to 20 plays scripted. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter about matter if he's there or not. But after that, it's going to really matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact I, that the special teams coordinators basically in charge of that. Maybe maybe Baker take. I don't know. I, who knows? But I still am going to take Cleveland with the points just because I don't really I still don't trust Pittsburgh's offense in terms of like dink and dunk and yada yada. And also, I think I think they, they made a pretty good point in the PFF podcast where uh, Sam Austin said, like, obviously, no one's going to sit here and say that Mason Rudolph is a better quarterback than than um, Ben Roethlisberger. But it kind of did expose that this offense isn't necessarily like made to be like this, like the whole like underneath stuff. Mason, like Mason Rudolph showed, taking shots deep. Yeah, right? he showed there's another dimension to this offense that's unable to be reached because of big ben yeah exactly like big this this offense isn't like by design like this like dink and dunk it's it's made that way due to the limitations at quarterback through big ben and and so um obviously you'd probably rather a big ben than mason rudolph going into a playoff game just because he's been here a billion times um, and i mean to be fair he is better even if mason rudolph can hit a few deep shots and mason rudolph did prove that big ben is lacking that arm and the deep ball. I do think Mason Rudolph is worse than Big Ben. Oh, I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, I, Mason Rudolph basically had the same team last year and they got they had eight wins. So yeah. and, and now Big Ben got 12. So, uh, I, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm taking Cleveland. So, um, okay. all right. That is our episode. That is our playoff preview. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the games. We only have three more weeks of games after this and uh yeah i'd be really upset when it's over football season yeah it's what i it's my favorite time every year it's bittersweet bittersweet coming to an end you got a fun fact for us gavin you asshole no i'm no i don't um no, I don't. But but no no one one question that I I was I meant to ask you and I and I didn't. Did you hear about the whole Juju stuff? Like his his quote or his comments that he made um, today? No, what were they? So Juju basically came out and said that um he's he's happy that they're playing the Browns this week because even though it's a different year, it's still it's still the Browns. Um, oh fuck and, him! Yeah, I mean. It was it was kind of taken a little bit like people tried to make like the articles like oh basically Juju shitting on the Browns but like. When he did say that he's happy they're playing the Browns, that's like, all right, fuck you. But also, apparently, like um, Mike Tomlin's whole thing is like each each week, like the other team is like nameless gray faces. Like you're only focused on yourself. You don't really care. Like they're still the Browns. I don't know if that's what he meant. But the fact that no, he's I don't, I don't think I don't think you say that unless it's some sort of dig saying they're still the Browns. Yeah, right. I, I, fuck you, Juju. You had 90 receptions. You had 750 yards. <laughs> like, who the fuck are you to talk you have that many receptions you're averaging eight yards you're a fucking tight end yeah jarvis landry from a couple of years ago yeah <laughs> yeah but God. fucking somebody's gonna sign him to a big deal too yeah 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 pittsburgh's not keeping him right 
No, they're they're definitely not. No way. And if they do, they're in my in my eyes they're stupid because literally they have two maybe three better receivers on their roster already. And we know they have the capability to draft at any time like a better yep. receiver. I mean, so man, but, but it, yeah, that I just wanted to know if you you know had heard about that. But yeah, no. And also, Juju, you would think he would learn to to shut yeah. the fuck up at this point. Yeah, they, you know, you're you're dancing on everybody's fucking logos, and you're apparently that's a distraction to the team, which I didn't really think it was a big deal. But then everybody's making a big deal, and he's made this whole statement like, "Oh, I'm not going to do it for my teammates, my coaches, blah blah blah." Like, especially after he got uh, destroyed on in prime time by, I don't remember who it was, but yeah, the Bengals. It was the Bengals. I just know a specific player where he got fucking like. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's our episode. A uh, little rant on Juju to end it. I will <laughs> see you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace out.